Hi friends, welcome to the HRS Life Coaching Podcast. My name is Halla Salmon and I am a professional Christian life coach and educator at HRS Life Coaching. My passion is helping women to identify and live out their purpose. Purpose, as I define it, is being exactly who God has designed you specifically to be. And I am so pumped to share today's episode with you because I interview a woman who is doing exactly that. Her name is Chrissy Keniston. She is an author, a mom, a military wife, a business owner, and a wise woman of God. She shares today about her new book, What If I Name Her Grace? Chrissy is passionate about teaching women realistic ways to draw closer to God, and her book offers so many tools to accept grace for yourself, no matter what season you find yourself in. This theme of accepting grace comes up over and over and over again throughout our conversation. We talk about anxiety. We talk about how purpose might change through different seasons of life. We talk about combating fear, how to support foster family communities, and so much more. We also talk about how to begin a relationship with Christ. We cover so much in this interview, and I cannot wait for you to listen in. Be sure to check out the links below for how to order Chrissy's new book and leave her some love in the comments. Before I give too much more away, here is my interview with Chrissy Keniston. Hi, my name is Halla. As a professional life coach, I help women identify and put into action their values, passions, and talents so they can live the purpose-filled life God's already designed for them. Are you ready to live a purpose-filled life? Let's do this. All right, Chrissy, welcome. Hi, thank (laughs) you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, wonderful. We're so excited to have you. And we asked you to come on the podcast because you have this wonderful book that you've written. And I'm really excited to start talking about that. But first, I would just love for you to take a couple minutes to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so I'm Chrissy Keniston, and I am a military spouse. I am married to a man in the Air Force. We currently live in New Mexico. We have moved five times in the last 10 years, so we are all over the place. Um, I have three kids. They are four, six, and almost eight, and they've been born all over the place. Two of them were born in Guam. So it's, yeah, we have a very, we've had a very interesting, adventurous life. We have an RV. We love to go camping. um, And I am a writer. So I have my first published book. The ebook is out now, and the paperback comes out this summer. And I'm also a copywriter. So I have my own copywriting business where I write um, marketing materials for online businesses. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much my life in a nutshell. Military spouse, mom, writer, that's me. So cool. So dynamic. I love it. Um, Chrissy, how would you describe kind of the phase of life that you find yourself in now? Yeah, you know, it's, I've really come into a new phase lately. I've, you know, I was in the baby phase for so long with all my kids being, right around two years apart, I was either pregnant or nursing for six straight years. And just really in that diapers and not sleeping and babies need you all the time. And it was exhausting. And it was fun. You know, it's like a fun phase. They're so cute and squishy. And you know, they're your babies. But to get out of the baby toddler phase, and now my youngest is four, and they don't need you quite as much. They need you in a different way. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm in a new season of motherhood where 
We're, you know, we have different obstacles than we had back then. Like we're not worried about potty training and sleeping through the night anymore. You know, now it's like, okay, what are we watching on TV? What are our friends teaching us? You know, how do we get our schoolwork done? Um, the past year with virtual school has been really interesting. And when I started my own business about two and a half years ago. So balancing that has been, you know, a really new phase for me of working from home, but still being present with my family and learning how to set boundaries with my work so that it didn't, you know, bleed over into all the hours of the day. Because when you work for yourself, it feels like you always want to be working on your business. And when you're away from it with your kids, there was like always this voice in the back of my head of what am I missing right now? What should I be doing to grow my business? You know, and that was the real learning curve for me to, and still is a lot of the time to learn how to balance all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then my husband has moved into a real leadership role in the military and the spouse of a leader has a lot of responsibilities too. So just learning how to juggle all of those things has been very different and new, um, but it's fun. It's exciting. It's mm. new stuff. So. Yeah. Can you say more about what you've done to kind of combat that voice in the back of your head? Like I should be doing all these things for my business, but my babies are here. What do you, how do you manage that? Yeah, it's tricky. I think just trying to remind myself that they're only going to be little ones. Mm -hmm. And that I say that for lots of things, like if when they're getting on my nerves or, you know, when my son wants me to lay with him to fall asleep every night, you know, some nights I'm just so tired and I just want to go downstairs and be with my husband. But then I realize like the day he stops asking me to do that, it's going to break my heart. So, you know, just remembering that they're only going to want me this much for so long mm -hmm. and they're only going to let me play with them for so long, you know? And so I try to remember that. Like, I do feel like my business is something that God put on my heart and wants me to do. Mm -hmm. But he also gave me three children and made me the mom to three children and wants me to do that, too. And so I really I try to pray quite a bit for guidance on that mm -hmm. and how to set those boundaries. And, you know, sometimes I have to work evenings or a weekend, depending on the copywriting projects that are coming in. And mm -hmm. if I see that coming, I say, okay, it's going to be two nights this week that I'm going to work in the evening and that's it. And I won't let it go into any other nights, like no matter what, because, and I'll just work as late as I need to on those two nights mm -hmm. because I don't want to take away from my kids or my husband, you know, evenings are our time and I can't, I'm not going to let myself work every night this week and mm -hmm. not see him at all, you know? So I think just staying really disciplined with those boundaries has been really key. Man, that is huge. I feel like that's so important. And I love that you kind of mentioned, sounds like you feel called to two different areas, being a mom, and then also starting your business. So what kind of led you to know that God was calling you to start your own copywriting business? Yeah, I so when my youngest was two, um, I just started having this feeling that it was, you know, that the stay at home mom season was over and it was time for me to do something else. And then like I had been kind of hearing that from God, I felt it, you know, like that Holy Spirit nudge, but I hadn't said anything out loud about it. And then my husband got the same feeling wow. and he, he did say it out loud. And that was like that confirmation, you know, when someone else who's so connected to the Lord is also hearing the same thing that just felt like, okay, it's time for something. But I didn't know what because I didn't want to go get a nine to five and have to put my youngest in daycare and miss out on things with my kids. Mm -hmm. I really felt like that was not 
my path or my purpose. Mm. So I started looking into, you know, how can I work from home? Mm. And I had a friend who was a virtual assistant and I thought, well, that sounds like something I can do. I can manage calendars and inboxes and things. And then I, I started that. I did that for a few months and I didn't like it. I knew I felt like, okay, this is not like I liked making my own hours and having my own control that way, but I did not enjoy the tasks that I was doing. And I was fortunate enough. I mean, it was definitely a connection from the Lord, but I met um, a girl who had been a VA, had transitioned into an online business manager, and we chatted and she just kind of talked me through my passions. And we realized how much I loved writing. I've always been a writer. I've always kept journals and things. Mm -hmm. And so she introduced me to copywriting. Wow. And it just felt like a very natural fit. I have a college degree in mass media. So I was kind of used to that whole world anyway. Mm -hmm. And yeah, everything after that just got me to where I am now. That is so cool. I talk a lot with clients about discovering their passions and that those passions are there for a reason. And so hearing your story is such a beautiful example of how God's used your passions to make an impact and to start your own business. So that is unbelievable. Um, and your book is a bit about kind of this balance of motherhood and turning to God through seasons. Can you share with us kind of what nudged you to feel like it was a book that you wanted to write? Yeah, absolutely. So my book is called What If I Name Her Grace? Mm -hmm. And it is about finding realistic ways to connect with God and accept his grace into your life in our crazy busy lives. Mm -hmm. So it talks about, you know, motherhood, marriage, friendships, um, anxiety, like all, you know, dealing with your past, all these different aspects of life that can in, like end up making us feel less than or making us feel guilty because we feel like we're not showing up in the right way. Or we're not good enough or we're not doing enough. Like we're just not enough. It's such a common, easy feeling to creep in when you're not connected to God. But it also can feel really hard to figure out how to connect to God when we are so busy, when we've got kids and jobs and husbands and all the things that we're trying to balance. And so I felt like I went through this season that started out really hard. You know, my husband and I had a really difficult beginning to our marriage and we went through some hard things and it almost ended, but mm -hmm. the Lord very sweetly pulled us close to him and it saved us and it saved our family. And through that and the ensuing years afterwards, he taught me so much very quickly about staying connected to him and about trading that guilt for his grace. And how to accept that grace for myself and then extend that to my family. Mm -hmm. And so really right before I started my business is when I wrote the book. Um, and that was kind of what showed me that I, I could handle starting a business because I was able to fit in writing the book while still managing my family. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like, okay, since I got this done and I was able to accomplish this during nap times and bedtimes and everything, then I feel like I can work from home too. Mm -hmm. So it kind of paved the way. Um, but I actually, I wrote the book in 30 days. Wow. Um, I participated <laughs> in National Novel Writing Month. And it's um, a movement, a thing you can join every November. You can sign up for it. It's totally free. And it just gives you like accountability to write 50,000 words in 30 days is what the goal is. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a really cool experience because I had the idea for the book. I knew about what the first three chapters were going to be. 
Mm-hmm. And then I had no idea what the rest of the book was going to look like. And it really became like a manna from heaven situation where I would wake up in the morning, have the idea for a chapter. I'd write that chapter and then finish it, having no idea what was coming next and go to bed and then wake up and the idea would be there for the next chapter. And it went that way through the entirety of the book. Wow. And I actually finished it at less than 50,000 words. Mm-hmm. And that that was a hard thing for me because I'm like such a goal setter and I had set this goal for 50,000. And I'm like, no, I have to keep pushing it to get there. But it felt complete, probably at about 42 to 43,000 words. And I had to just trust that God was saying, it's done. Like you've written it. You don't need to keep going for this goal. It's not about that number, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the connections that I've made through my business are what allowed me to get it in front of a publisher who accepted my proposal and was willing to publish the book. So it's all been a lot of puzzle pieces that God put together. Yes. What was the timeline when, so you mentioned that you wrote it before you started your business. And so what was the timeline with kind of getting it published and everything? Yeah, that was another big, like trusting the Lord's timing over what I wanted. (laughs) Um, But I wrote it in November of 2018. Wow. And it's just coming out right now in 2021. So it sat, I mean, it sat on my desktop for a year, over a year mm. before I finally made the connection to get it in front of a publisher. And then it felt like everything went really quickly after that. It's all, It's been about a year since the publisher accepted it, but there's just so much that goes into getting it out there. And sometimes I can hardly believe that it's still happening, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that was, it felt strange to write the book and then do nothing. And just leave it sitting there and feeling like, gosh, I have this whole book and I'm not doing anything with it. But then I was starting my business and was so busy with that. Um, So it was, I mean, truly God's perfect timing on when I was able to actually bring it to life. Hmm. This is, I'm so thankful you're here because this is what your book is about. And even what you're saying about trusting in God's timing are like two themes in my life personally right now, uh, which I mentioned when we were kind of talking about having you on here. Um, but I am going through, you know, having my first baby and totally feeling that guilt and also starting my business. And, you know, the, so those voices are just very strong for me right now. What, what advice do you have for me and other women who are in that season, like now that you've been in, in the past? I think that staying rooted in God's word Mm. and just really full of the truth of who he is and what he says about you is key. Mm. Um, And that looks different for different people, like different personalities. And I think it looks different in different seasons of life. Mm. So like for personality wise, some people, they need to hear it, you know, like they are more auditory processors. And so listening to someone reading the Bible, listening to Christian podcasts, listening to Christian books on Audible, you know, things like that. If that's all you can fit in, that's Mm -hmm. great. God can absolutely speak to you in that way. Mm -hmm. For myself, I need to read and write things down. So I've always needed a journal and I, you know, I copy scripture. I write down my prayers. Um, I need a devotional that's guiding me. It's not, you know, I don't like to just open my Bible and try to start reading. I feel like I grow so much more and learn so much more when I have guidance from someone. Um, So I always have some sort of guided journal or devotional that keeps me going. And, you know, when I have babies, 
I couldn't really do that. Like I couldn't fit in that time. I, it just felt impossible. <laughs> and so I did listen more than, than reading, even though reading was what I preferred. You just got to make it work for where you are. You know, now I can get up early in the morning before my kids and spend time with the Lord quietly. And that's been awesome. But you have to give yourself grace for what you're able to fit in and just make it make sense for the season of life that you're in. Just do something. And then when you have that there, when you're when you're rooted in that, in who he is, what he says about you, you know, his faithfulness, his love, his grace and mercy, then that's going to come to your mind when you're starting to feel those doubts and insecurities and the imposter syndrome, like I'm not good enough for this, you know, those that's going to be more likely to pop up in your head if you're filling your head with that, you know? Mm, yes, that makes so much sense. Say more about grace. I love that that's in the title of your book. You mentioned it a couple of times, like just say more about that word, what it means to you and how it applies in the book too. Yeah. So I named the book, What If I Name Her Grace? Because, well, number one, I didn't want, I wanted it to stand out. I didn't mm. want it to be like, how to grow closer to Jesus in your daily life or, you know, something that a lot of books have those titles. And I felt like, okay, we need this to be different. So it stands out to people. And then I realized in writing it that grace, God's grace and the way that he so freely gives it to us is what changed my life, you know, and just learning to accept that grace and stop feeling like I wasn't enough or like I had messed up too many times or, you know, that my past dictated my future or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like his grace for me is what made me really come into who I was. And as a child of God and as someone with a purpose and feeling confident about my purpose, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I always do because I definitely still have those thoughts that creep up, mm -hmm. but grace was just such an underlying theme. And then I realized how desperately I wanted to give that grace to my family, to my husband and to my kids. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can't really do that if you're not able to accept it for yourself mm -hmm. first, you know? And so that was just such a, a huge theme for the whole book. And then my daughter's name is Ava Grace. Beautiful. That's the what if I name her Grace. And the idea when I named her was okay, so you know, when you get really frustrated with your kids and you yell out their full name. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, when I say her full name, I'm going to hear Grace and maybe I'll remember. <laughs> and it doesn't always work, but sometimes it does. <laughs> I love that. That is so awesome. It's something I need to keep in mind for our future children, too. <laughs> what are the words we need to remind ourselves of? That is so. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, awesome. The the scripture that it makes me think of is I think it's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. Um, and again, that's just been something that God's been really speaking to me personally. And because as a mom, there's, you know, you can feel so weak and you're trying so hard, but there's definitely days where you're like, oh, I'm I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Um, so besides scripture, you know, how what are some ways you can combat? that you mentioned imposter syndrome what other advice do you have for combating those thoughts um i think you know and it's something that the lord has really been bringing up a lot for me in the last 6 months um is knowing the enemy like knowing satan mm. and knowing how he operates and just being aware of how he can come at us mm -hmm. and you know for me i know that i easily slip into anxiety 
Mm. And I easily slip into that imposter syndrome. I mean, with this book, even I've had so many moments where I felt like, who am I Mm. to share this story with the world? Who's going to care about my story? Who's going to care what I have to say? What if I'm not a good writer and I have it all wrong? You know, it with my business, I would feel that way. Like, I should have gotten a nine to five job that had more reliable income and had more steady hours and whatever. And so once I'm aware of that, like those are the places that Satan can get in and get at me. And that's how he operates is he knows where our weaknesses are. And so just being aware of where he's coming from helped me to be more on guard for that. And, you know, if you think about I'm a military spouse, so I automatically think in those terms, but the military, like they study our enemies and that's how they know how to keep America safe is they know how the enemy could come in. Right. So it's like the exact same thought. We have to know what he's doing and know how he's coming at us so that we know how to fight back. We know how to armor up, you know, Ephesians six, the armor of God is huge for me. Like I, there was been periods of my life where I read that every morning the same thing from Ephesians 6 because I needed to be reminded of my armor and that I have this armor where it comes from and how I can use it and um, that just has really helped me to try to get past those doubts or to squash them as soon as they pop up you know that's awesome and I think that's so huge too like knowing what your individual weaknesses are is so important and so scary, right? We don't want to admit like, oh, these are my weaknesses, whatever, but it's so powerful. And it, you know, reminds me of that scripture again, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in your weakness. So when we know our weaknesses, we know the ways that the enemy might attack us. That's when God's made more powerful and can protect us. Um, So thank you for sharing that. That is so huge. You also mentioned that you know what your purpose is. Can you say more about that? Yeah, I think right now, I think my purpose has evolved and I think it might change in our seasons of life. Um, But right now, for sure, it's to use the gift of writing that I've been given to help bring more people to Jesus. I truly feel like that's and that's the whole purpose with the book. You know, I credit everything that's happened with the book to the Lord, that I got it written, that it's being published, that I'm able to have time to market it even, you know, a month ago or six weeks ago, that felt like it was going to be impossible Mm -hmm. (laughs) to fit the marketing of the book into my life. And he moved so many things around and again, fit the puzzle pieces together Mm -hmm. that I'm able to do it. And I think that that just solidifies that that's my purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. that I'm meant to use my gift of writing. I, you know, I'm not a good singer. I don't specifically excel at public speaking or anything like that, you know, but writing, I, that is my gift. And so to use that and to be able to convey this in a way that moms can relate to or women in general can relate to, and that it feels realistic. Like Mm -hmm. the people that have read my book so far have told me that that's what they love about it, that it feels doable. It doesn't feel like this out of reach Thing where you're trying to be this in person, this person that's impossible to attain when your life is so busy. It all feels like things that are doable. And I was just so thrilled to hear that because that's exactly what I wanted to convey. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I am living out my purpose right now for, and even in my copywriting business, you know, I, with the writing marketing materials for other online businesses, I'm helping their businesses grow. 
Mm-hmm. You know, whether they don't have the time or the skill to do it, I can come in and help them and to see the results of it and to see them grow and make more money and have a bigger impact to help more people. Like it's such a cool chain of service that I feel like I'm a part of and I'm using my you know, gift of writing to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, before when my kids were little, I used to, and this is in the book, but I used to volunteer a lot with nonprofits that helped foster families. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I felt like that was my purpose. I mean, I probably spent five years working in nonprofits. I helped start a nonprofit in Florida, the Gulf Coast Foster Bridge that helps foster families in the panhandle of Florida with, you know, just things that they need. We help by bringing them meals, arranging babysitters, giving them clothing and cribs and strollers and all of that, um, doing special trainings for them to help their foster children. And that felt like my purpose for a long time. Hmm. And when things started to shift a couple of years ago, when I started my business and I wrote the book and I, I felt like I was being pulled away from that, that was really hard for me. Hmm. And I really wondered like, but I thought that was my purpose. Like, does it make sense to be stepping away from this and stepping into something new? But those thoughts like very much felt like they were coming from me. It was, it didn't feel like the Holy spirit was giving me pause. Like I was doubting everything, you know, when I was in prayer and trying to feel close to God, I always felt like him, he was pushing me to go. No, you need to be doing the business. You need to be writing like this season is done. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to be open to that possibility too, that our purpose can change, that our purpose can have seasons. At least it did for me. Yeah, that I so appreciate you sharing that part of your story. And what was it with your first purpose? And there might have been others in your life, but the first one that you shared with us, what was it that helped you to know this is what God has for me right now? This is my purpose in this season. Yeah, with the foster, helping the foster families. Um, so we lived in Guam at the time that he really put that on my heart. And our church participated in Orphan Sunday, which is also in November. Apparently November's a big month for me. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> a theme here. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's in November. And that's it's just one Sunday where the church really highlights um, the call. You know, as Christians, we have the call to care for the orphans and the widows. Mm-hmm. and a lot of people forget that and it doesn't get talked about a lot. And I had never heard anybody talk about it up to that point. And I had never even thought about foster kids or foster families that was not on my radar at Mm. all. And in that one church service, I felt just like wrecked by this, you know, like it just broke my heart in a million pieces to hear what's happening to these children and what they're going through. And I think because I had two of my own kids at that time, you know, I just, to think about my own children being in some of these circumstances that these kids are going through with really hard situations and losing their parents and losing their homes and going into so many strangers' homes. And then the families that are taking them in, the foster parents have so many obstacles to overcome, you know, financially, and then just knowing how to handle kids that come from hard places, you know, they're, there's a lot that goes on in their brains and the chemical makeup of their brains when they go through so much trauma at an early age. And so you have to know how to handle that behavior. It's different than just your average child. And they just, they need so much help and there's so few people helping them. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's so few people stepping up to be foster parents too. Like the, the need is just, it overwhelmed me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel, my husband and I, neither one felt the call to be foster parents specifically at the time. And we have always been, even to this day, we're still open to that if we feel like God puts it on our hearts, but he hasn't. Mm-hmm. But I learned that there's so many other ways to help. Wow. And so that's when I, I went to the director of the nonprofit that helped the foster families in Guam and just said, plug me in, tell me what to do. Like, how do I help? And I ended up going there about four days a week and just helping out in their office and with doing laundry and (laughs) sorting clothes and sorting donations and organizing events. And it just, yeah, it felt amazing. It felt like this is what God wants me to do right now, you know, and then we moved to Florida And I happened to meet, I mean, happened to meet, you know, obviously God brought it together, but I met a couple of moms, foster moms who wanted to start the same thing that I had just participated in in Guam. So I was able to really help them because I had done it. And we started this nonprofit that's still, you know, moving strong to this day in the Florida panhandle. And it was a really cool thing to be a part of. And it just really opened my eyes and it opened my kids' eyes. You know, they got to come with me as they got older to different events and see what, you know, other children were going through. And I think it helped them develop more gratitude and understanding for what they have, which was really cool. That's unbelievable. Do you know, are there, is there like a website or a resource that people could find similar nonprofits near them that they could contribute to? I, what you shared about seeing the importance of fostering but God not calling you to foster, but still seeing a way you could help is very powerful. And so I just wonder, you know, are there other, are there resources for people to kind of look into that you know of? Oh yeah, for sure. I, and I didn't know this until I really got into it too, but almost every city has something like this where there's a nonprofit that helps foster families. And they're always looking for people to provide meals babysit. Sometimes it's just carpooling. If you have foster kids that are teenagers and then you have babies, those are such different schedules. And so you need to get people to different places and foster kids have to go to court dates. They have visitations with their biological families and then they have regular school and extracurriculars and all that. So I've heard that carpooling is like a huge help. Um, And then they, yeah, they need donations too. I mean, it takes money. (laughs) We know that as moms, kids are (laughs) needing clothing and beds and shoes and food and all the things, you know, they do get some money from the state, but it's like a joke how much, how little money they get for what they really need. So there's like a huge amount of opportunities to help these families. And I think if you just Google, you know, serve foster families or foster family nonprofit in your area, you're going to find something nearby that needs your help. And if not, you can just donate financially. I still donate financially to the one I started in Florida because I want to still be a part of it, but I can't physically be there. So Mm. you can do financial donations too. What fears or how did you overcome the fear of stepping into that purpose? You know, I, it's funny, it's different now than it was then. I think back then I just did it. Like Mm -hmm. calling was so strong. I'd almost felt like I couldn't resist, you know, and it was, it was scary to start volunteering when I had a baby and a two-year-old, you know, cause it's like, I think it's so easy to just say, 
I'm not supposed to do that in this season of life. Like it's too much. And mm-hmm. it might be, you know, you have to really understand what God's calling you to do. Um, and I just did it, you know, and I was fortunate to have people that could help watch my kids. And, you know, so it really does depend on logistical things as well. But um, yeah, I just went for it. And the fear, I don't really recall the fear being there, to be mm-hmm. honest, with that purpose. Um, now, when things shifted to my new purpose with writing and starting the business, that I definitely had a lot of fear around that. And I, I had to spend a lot of time in prayer and mm-hmm. just be honest with the Lord about my fears. I mean, we know he knows it anyways, but just to say it, you know, or to, I write it, I write down, like I said, I write down my prayers. So just to be fully honest when I was writing down my prayers and just saying, I am so scared of this, you know, I'm so, these are what I, this is what I'm worried about. This is what's giving me anxiety and keeping me up at night. And then just saying, I give it all to you, you know, Mm -hmm. Philippians six, like be anxious about nothing and in prayer about everything. And I did, I feel like I spent a good solid year Mm. of feeling very frustrated with myself and saying, okay, I know it in my brain. I know that I need to give this anxiety to him, yet I still feel so weighed down by anxiety every day. Mm. Like why I just couldn't understand, like, why is this happening? Why can I not give it to him? And I honestly, it's hard to articulate what really changed but I just got I I drew closer to him during that time because I felt so desperate to change and to get out of that feeling of anxiety all the time and I would see it manifest towards my children and my husband and I was like this is just not how I want to live and so I just kind of upped my prayer time you know and I upped my bible time and I tried to get more in-depth during my Bible time and not let it be like surface level. I feel like during that time I had hit a place where I was checking the box. It was like, you know, get up every morning, spend some time with God, move on. Mm -hmm. And I was just checking a box and it was not, I wasn't really connecting with him at all. And I think that's probably why I was having such a hard time handing off the anxiety to him, truly handing it off to him. So I just, I changed that and I tried to get more serious about my time with him in the morning Mm. and get things that would take a little longer. So I had to get up a little earlier, you know, it was a sacrifice, but it was so worth it Mm. because I do feel, you know, I'm not going to pretend like it's perfect every day, but it's definitely magnitudes better than it was and just getting closer to him in that way. And I started praying more during the day, like when I'm washing the dishes, when I'm driving to pick my kids up from school, when I'm brushing my teeth, you know, two Mm. minutes of something, some kind of conversation to him and just let that happen all throughout the day, you start really feeling a lot more connected to him. And it feels like a real relationship. And that Mm. helped me quite a bit with that. Mm. That's so wise, I feel, you know, I feel like a lot of Christians say like, Oh, well, you know, I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying and I'm doing all these things. And I just, I'm still feeling all these things, but the wisdom to know that you need to do it more deeply. I think you use that word, just being deeply connected and deeply rooted. And even for people who are listening, who maybe aren't Christians who, or who don't understand what it means to draw close to him. I think you just explained it so well to be able to, you know, like read your Bible more diligently or really like meditate on it, journal after it, um, spend time in prayer as constantly as you can. 
Um, any other tips for someone who is maybe like, hmm, curious about this Christianity thing? What does it mean to draw close to God? Any tips for someone in that boat? Yeah, um, read my book. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that will help. Um, yeah, I it's I think you just need to look at it um, as a relationship, not a religion. Mm. And if you have never been a Christian or been close to Christians, I think that's a common misconception is that it's, this is your religion and these are all the things you have to do to be a Christian. And it, that's like the opposite of what it really is. It is a relationship with Jesus and it's feeling like he is your friend, let you know him and he knows you. You can tell him anything, you know, he is by your side all day, every day, mm. and that you are saved by grace, not by works. It's not about what you do. Like getting that ticket to heaven has nothing to do with our work here and what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, as Christians, we try to live out the fruits of the spirit and, you know, love, kindness, joy, patience, self-control, all of those things. Because we love God so much that we can't help but be obedient to him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about feeling like I have to obey him at all. And that I grew up thinking that, that it was, I have to obey God to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was saved as an adult and really got to know God and got to know his word that I learned that, mm-hmm. that, you know, I obey him now because I'm like the gratitude for what he's done for me to give me eternal salvation overwhelms me so much that I can't help but want to obey. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad when I mess up, you know, but then I know that I have his forgiveness and his grace. And so you don't get stuck feeling like a failure and feeling like you're not good enough. I mean, I just could go on and on, you know, I can't say enough good things about what that relationship can do for you and how it can change your life. Mm, so beautiful. And with you know, the word grace coming up again. So back to your book, what if I call her grace? Um, you know, what can we expect? What, what can we expect from reading the book? What are some things we might walk away with after reading? Yeah, it's so it's broken up into 18 really easy chapters, because I know, especially as a busy mom, that it's hard to sit down and just read a whole book. Mm. So first, I just want to put that out there that you can read like 10 minutes, and be done and pick up the next day and start a new chapter. And it's going to be fine. They're all really separate topics, but Mm -hmm. it all has that underlying theme of accepting God's grace. And my hope is that you'll walk away seeing how you can have that relationship with Jesus and Mm -hmm. feel that grace in all the little parts of your life. Mm -hmm. I have a section that talks about it with my husband and how we found our way back to each other after a really hard time through the grace of God, you know, and learning our biblical roles as husband and wife and how to make our family work by living in those biblical roles instead of what today's society says our roles should be, you know. And then I talk about motherhood and how you feel that mom guilt and it can, you know, you feel like you mess up all the time and you're always so worried that you're doing it wrong and your kids aren't going to turn out great or, you know, and how to navigate that. And find God's grace for yourself so that you can extend that to your kids. And I share a lot of stories about how I messed that up many times. <laughs> and so I think my hope is that it'll make you feel better. That you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be close to perfect. We never can be perfect. You know, that it's it, there is a realistic way to navigate all of this and feel close to God. Um, 
And I talk about Christian friendships mm -hmm. and how important those are and what that looks like. And my hope is that that will encourage you to try to cultivate those friendships and have them help you, you know, in your walk with the Lord, talk about anxiety. I mean, you know, all kinds of, I talk about the importance of worship music and how that can be, you know, make such a difference in your life and your kids' lives and the importance of daily prayer and being obedient and how God calls you to spend time with him and pray. And it's just a lot of little things that when you put them all together, you really have the tools that you need to live the Christian life full of joy and abundance. Mm -hmm. And so I've, you know, I've put scripture in there for each section as well, so that you know where to go in the Bible and look for confirmation for these things, you know, that it is from the Lord. And yeah, just to equip you to live that joyful, abundant life. Beautiful. So many tools. I'm so excited to order it. And so right now it's available on as an ebook. Is that what you said? How do we find the book? Yes. So it's on Amazon for your Kindle and Barnes and Noble for your Nook to get the ebook um, okay. that has been out yeah, for a couple of weeks. And then the paperback will be available June 29th. So you can pre-order that right now if you want so that you can go ahead and be sure that it's going to show up when it's available. Um, and then I am also selling signed copies on my website, which is chrissykeniston.com. Um, so yeah, those are your ways to get it right now. Awesome. So we'll link your website below and we'll link um, a way to get the book, also the ebook, and then I'll come back come June and make sure that people can order it as well. Awesome. Well, my last question for you today is, what is a big dream that you have for yourself? Um, I feel like even as you shared, our purposes change and God places things on our hearts for a reason. And so if you were able to dream big, what would that big dream be? Yeah, my, my real dream is to just like live in a cabin in the mountains and write books all day and <laughs> let that be my peaceful little life writing books. Um, but no, truly, I, I do feel like my purpose is to keep writing more books that help people see a realistic way to draw closer to God. And that really emphasizes reliance on God, not reliance on self. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is my message that, you know, it's not pull yourself up by your bootstraps self-help, self-motivation, fix yourself. Like we have to rely on the Lord for all of these things. You know, we do it through his strength. And when you call on him for his strength, you will get it. And so just to remind people, that's a little, you know, countercultural idea right now, but I think it's just something we need to be reminded of. And so I think there are definitely more books in me that <laughs> will help get that out there. And I'd love to speak one day. You know, it's funny. I used probably even just two years ago, I said, like, I'd rather chew off my arm than do public speaking. Like it just terrified me. I, you know, you had to take the mandatory public speaking class in college. It was like a nightmare. I mean, I just, just, I couldn't do it. I felt the nerves were so overwhelming. And then uh, about a year ago, it was probably a few months before my book got picked up by the publisher. I started feeling this call to public speaking and to start looking into it. And I was like, what is happening? Because I have always thought that this was something I would never do in a million years, especially not voluntarily. <laughs> and, you know, I think that was God just starting to slowly move me in that direction because I do think that I'm meant to speak on these topics, you know, to women's conferences and churches and things at some point. So hopefully that will 
start happening soon. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you so much for just sharing your heart, sharing your story. I think the biggest takeaway for me is to be able to trust in God for him to guide you as you're discerning your purpose. And I so appreciate you just mentioning that you've had multiple purposes and that you're open to God directing you down another path, if that's what he calls you to. Um, So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and for sharing your story. And I will link to all the ways to get Chrissy's new book. I told you, I was not kidding. Chrissy is so wise and filled with so many tools to help us through every season of life and to help us have a better picture of what it looks like to live out our purpose. Leave some love in the comments. Let us know what you learned, what you're discovering about your own purpose, and check out all the links to order Chrissy's new book, What If I Name Her Grace. You will not regret it. Add some more tools to your toolbox, as I always say. Uh, If you would like to find more ways to work with me, I've also linked some ways below. I've started a free Facebook group that I would love for you to join me in, and it's all about discovering your purpose, and I will see you there. Thanks so much for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe to be notified when new episodes are available each Wednesday. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'd love to hear what you learned from this episode, so feel free to shoot me a message or leave me a comment. And don't forget to subscribe for more tools to live a purpose-filled life.